I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. Joe lives in LA. Uh, each week we call it one another and we just catch up. <laughs> that is the worst show I've ever made. Sit on this crucifix <laughs> and you're like, oh my gosh, this. Stop, 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 stop. Ow! Uh, that, yeah, I, I went there, Mike. Uh, I went there, motherfucker. Hey, Joey. Hi, Mike. Hey, Joey. Hi, Mike. No one would ever go to this what? many sex-sounding gay bars. Down the spiral staircase? With a <laughs> dancing monkey? Seriously. <laughs> Did you buy dog Viagra? Joey, it was nice catching up with you. Go, go to hell, Mike. Hello, Joey. Hello, Mike Lawson. And hello to everybody listening. I'm Mike. That's Joe. I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. Joe lives in L.A. We've been friends for over a decade, and each week we just call one another and we catch up. Yes, that's what we do, Mike Lawson. That's what we do every single week. (laughs) How are you? You're house-sitting, right? I'm house-sitting at my friend Paul's house and his boyfriend John's. And um, I'm I have a cat that I'm watching, which is like either the cat really loves me or is plotting my death. And I know it's a common thing about cats, but yeah. uh, but right now the cat I have the cat to record this uh, locked in a bedroom. He's scratching to get out, and he can open doors. I don't know if he's scratching to get out because he really wants to hang out with me, or he's frightened by all the dolls. <laughs> in the room staring at him. The same dolls that stare at me as I sleep every every day. Yeah. Like the the amount of like toys that this guy has it's kind of borderline hoarding, right? Yeah, and like it's every open space, every inch of shelf space has mm-hmm. a doll on it. There. Yes. Oh, or like, like action figure, not just dolls. It's yeah, like the, yeah, the, the dolls is figures. yeah, it's action figures. It's action figures everywhere. And uh it's uh but you know what's strange is how quickly I've gotten used to it. Like I just, yeah. I just accept that as a part of life. By the way, FYI, I might the cat can open the door. The cat has the ability <laughs> to open the door. So I might have to at some point like excuse myself and put the cat back in the room. Okay. So cats scare me. Um, and I'm well, you're allergic to them. Yeah. Yeah. But Mike, I'm not even. I didn't used to be afraid of them, but this cat, who by the way is very affectionate, but I can't tell if he's really plotting right. Like. When I'm petting him, he'll like gnaw on my hand really hard. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, I think he's, he's really <laughs> just practicing to kill me. Like I, and like he walks really close to my feet when I'm walking. I'm like, I think he's trying to trip me so that I hit my head on the countertop and die. <laughs> and then he can eat your face. <laughs> yeah. No, Mike, I'm not kidding. I really do think there's some sort of like plot to kill Joey, me. Joey, listen to this. Um, our office. Uh, here in Berkeley, our office has this woman that comes in and cleans every other week. And she's actually really cheap. We have like no foot traffic, so we're not even really dirty. Her name's Maria. Hmm, Basically, she, she comes in and mops and she takes out the garbage every other Wednesday night. That's mm-hmm. it, right? Pretty easy, really affordable, but I feel like it's a win-win because she gets, you know, however much out of it and she does very little work um sometimes she comes really early thursday morning too and i've been there before when she's cleaning and i i mean this is a common thing but like don't you feel like a super fat lazy person when someone comes in and cleans up around you haven't you you've been in that situation before haven't you where the where the house cleaners like are there when you're there yeah yeah many times i hate it oh why I don't know. I just feel like 
I'm they can see I'm just sitting here watching Netflix. Mm-hmm. Like why can't I you know sweep or whatever? Oh. I don't know. I just I just feel super lazy about it. Oh, well to me, I, I, you know, and maybe I'm taking a cue from my uh, cousin Richard. I have a a gay cousin named Richard who's a week younger than me and gay. Mm. And uh he's never talked about this with me, but I feel this is very in his wheelhouse where I'm like I think the people who are ashamed to be there when the housekeeper's there are, they have a shame about what that person does as a profession. And, yeah. and I don't think there's anything shameful. I think it's a very, it's a, it's a profession that people should be very honored to have and proud to have. And it's, I'm glad we have them. And so I don't feel any sort of shame in it. I like actually, I mean, I, I don't think we've really talked about this in the show so much, but the Malibu housekeeper pause. I mean, I would record my conversations with her yeah. and play them for friends. But I think I think you're right that there is like I feel a little bit ashamed that they're doing that. Maybe a little bit, but I think a lot of it is more about me than about them and their profession. I think mm-hmm. that it's like if it were a house painter, I, I can't paint my house. Heck yeah, I'll sit here and watch you do it because I'm paying you to do something I can't do. Mm-hmm. Whereas house cleaners, like I can take out my trash, but I'm paying you to do it just because I want to sit here and do nothing. Do you know what I mean? Well, you know what's funny is going back to the Malibu house is um, bef- in the olden days of Paws, Mike, I used to stay up to like two in the morning cleaning the fucking house before she came. Right. Right. And here's the thing, actually, is in terms of living, because I cook a lot, the the, how, the, the living area that I'm in is not generally very messy. Like, right. I, don't, I don't really make my bed, but there's not really anything else, you know, except the kitchen can get dirty just from cooking a lot, like the oil on the stove and whatnot, because I cook a lot. Right. And so yeah, I used to spend yeah. going to two in the morning, uh, like cleaning it right for, for pause. And then yeah. Mercedes was like, what, what do you, what do you fucking don't do that? I mean, that's what she's paid to be there for. You know, right. like, in fact, if you do that, pause already does nothing as it is, mm-hmm. you know? So, if you're you're giving her less to do, right? And actually, pause used to come really early, like Mike, like at five thirty in the fucking morning. Mm-hmm. And so I realized, like, oh my god, if I leave the kitchen a disaster, it'll give me time to sleep more before she comes. She knocks on the door for her to go in and clean, <laughs> right? So I used to like, I used to almost intentionally make like, like, and make the kitchen look like I exploded a souffle all over the walls, right? <laughs> well, I I get it. Steve and I were talking about this recently too, and he's interested in paying to do like a one-time cleaning mm-hmm. of his apartment, but he has this tiny tiny place, a studio. So it's mm-hmm. not like he could sit in a different room while they're clean like he would have to be right there. I don't know. Well, anyway, Joey, back to my story though. Maria comes. Sometimes she comes with her husband. We only pay Maria, but she probably does it so fast with her husband. Like, yeah. she mops, he takes out the trash. They're done in 15 minutes and they get paid mm-hmm. the full amount, you know? Mm-hmm. So, last Thursday morning, I guess Maria came with her husband uh, in the morning um, before. She probably thought she would be done before anyone showed up. And during the time when they were here in the office, she caught diabetes. Um, Joey, close. <laughs> her, oh. op- her husband passed out <gasps> and had a seizure. Oh, my God. And I only know this because I got an email from our office neighbor who was, like, freaked out. And she was like, I had to call 911. They took him away in an ambulance. <gasps> he hit his head really hard. Oh, my God. Wouldn't yeah, it be funny because so- of the seizure, though? He, like, messed up the office and you're like, 
Um, or you're like, okay, I'm going to go to the hospital and be with my husband. You're like, um, we kind of need you to clean up the mess your husband made with his seizure. Yeah. Um, we, I hope you don't plan on charging us for cleaning yeah. this up. <laughs> so, Joey, that day, though, Thursday, I was planning on working from home. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wasn't planning on going into the office, but after I got this email first thing in the morning, I was like, I wonder if she secured the office. I'm not thinking like, I hope that bitch locked up. I'm just thinking like she was probably thinking about other things. Maybe she yeah. just closed the door and left. So God forbid I, you'll go in there and steal uh, poetry books about diabetes. <laughs> and uh, We have computers and stuff like that. But I, I just thought I should probably go in. So I decided to walk to the office, which isn't mm-hmm. a big deal, but it's like a two-mile walk. takes about 30 minutes, right? Okay. So nobody else was going to be there. So I was going to work from the office alone all day, which I really hate. Mm-hmm. Because working alone, I don't know, I just feel double productive at home because I can put on the TV and, like, burn through some stuff that is in my Hulu queue or my Netflix queue, right? Things that don't require a lot of attention, like Good Wife I'm watching or By the like way, documentaries from I've Netflix. I've been going through Paul's uh, Netflix queue. Yeah. You know what I didn't know was on Netflix and I've been burning through this? Did you what? know the Gem in the Holograms cartoon series? Oh, is, the original? Yes, is on Netflix. No. You know they're doing a reboot, right? Yeah, I saw the trailer. It looks horrible. Yeah, it's supposed it, to be it, really awful. Well, it, they didn't, they, all the cool things about Gem and the Holograms, they don't have in there. Like, like the, no orphanage? No hologram? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not joking. I didn't see the, yeah. the misfits aren't in the trailer. Like, it's just like, uh-huh. it's like basically like a chick who she's also like, it's basically, um, what was that Miley Cyrus show? Hannah Montana. It's basically Hannah Montana. Yeah. She, this girl is not truly outrageous. <laughs> Joey, they, um, I just watched Throw Mama from the Train. That's okay. on Netflix now. Mm-hmm. Or did I see it on HBO Go? I don't know. But do you remember that movie? Yeah, with Ginger Minge and Billy Crystal. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love, love that movie so much. Steve didn't like it. And so I could see that movie. Well, no, I could see that movie being in this weird world of movies where you're really enjoying the memory of that movie when you were a child. But like my friend, Melissa McQueen had not seen Ghostbusters. Okay. So I made her watch Ghostbusters as an adult and she was like, "Eh." and I was like, what? This is the greatest movie ever. Right. There is some sort of nostalgia in it. Yeah. Um, but Joey, I, can we, can I please finish the story? So I walked By the way, two I, miles. I, I, I live through Mama from the train. Uh-oh. I constantly want to throw her from the train, as you'll hear later. <laughs> so I walk two miles to the office, and when I get there, so our door has two locks. It has a deadbolt and it has a bottom lock, but nobody locks the bottom lock. Nobody has a key for the bottom lock. And I guess when Maria was running out to the ambulance, her husband had the keys in her pocket, in his pocket. So she just locked the bottom lock from the inside, closed it, because she is a nice woman and wanted to make sure it was locked. And so basically, I walked two miles and I couldn't get into the office. So I end up sending an email or two from the steps outside my office. And the maintenance guy, he's like, well, I'll come see if I have a key. And on the way over, he trips and falls and breaks his head. And then you don't ever come in. Um, so I leave and later in the day I email Maria and I'm like trying to be really nice and like asking about her husband, but I also secretly really want to know if she has a key to the bottom lock. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I'm like trying not to be heartless, which you know is hard for me. So, um, 
when I'm emailing her, Joey, it turns out her husband has type 2 diabetes, and he just started using insulin. And this was his first hypoglycemic incident, which is low blood sugar, which is awful. And what what is double awful, Joey, is that our office is full of glucose tabs. Like, everyone's desk has some sort of sugar on it. Emily has these specific glucose tabs that she likes on her desk. Mm-hmm. I use cinnamon discs, and mm-hmm. so I have a little candy bowl full of cinnamon discs on my desk. Yeah. We even have – we have a – a shelf that says low station and it's just full of stuff. We get a ton of like free samples. Yeah. So we just put them all on the shelf so anyone could use them ever. Mm-hmm. If we had to throw them away, nobody would even be sad, right? Yeah. So okay. This, I already have an answer for this. This dude's blood sugar goes low. Mm-hmm. He's crashing and he didn't have anything on him to treat. So he goes into a seizure mm-hmm. because he didn't want to take anything from any of our desks. Look, here's the thing. Yeah, exactly. He, the, that's very Latino, actually. Like, very, like, no, not me. I'd rather just have a seizure and die than do this. Part one. Part yeah. two, you know they were dreading the moment when you're calling and going, like, hey, listen, uh, Maria, Becky had – I mean, I'm not saying this is you, but on Friday when we left, um, Becky had swore she had 13 glucose tabs. <laughs> And when she came in, there were only 12. You didn't happen to, like, accidentally pick one up or put it away somewhere. You know, they're just like, fuck, I'd rather die and have a – I'd rather have a seizure and die. Well, I I understand that kind of mentality. I don't think that we've done anything to make her think that we would be that way. But also, like, you could grab something, use it, and then go buy more and then bring it back or something. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Instead of a seizure – I don't know. My two cents. But I gave her some resources to look at. I told her what we do. She kind of had no idea what our business was. And then casually I mentioned that the door won't open because she locked the box. She was like, oh, you guys are a diabetes organization? I thought you guys just sold boring. Why do you think that? (laughs) Go ahead. Sorry. Um, And she said, she's like, I will check to see if I have a key for the bottom lock, right? And then later that night, she emails me, Joey, her husband, who just got out of the hospital, went to our office and he fixed the door <laughs> because he they knew that they locked the bottom and he went from his home all the way to our office and I'm going to tell you it. something, though. I'm going to tell you something, though, and not to get super political. That's a very Latino, Mexican, American – I can't – I don't know if they're Mexican or not. It's a very Latino sort of uh, – like viewpoint of the world. That's what you do. I know that I know people who hate Mexicans or Latinos always think that way, but that's very sort of in their work ethic, sort of life ethic is you go and do that shit and you take care of your shit. So that does not surprise me. I hear these stories all the time or yeah. that guy's getting fired, yeah. you know, but um, yeah, I hear that stuff all the time. Yeah. That's cool. very, that pe- people who don't really encounter them don't know that though. So then I gave her a book of boring. <laughs> Say, hey, listen, um, we, uh, we wrote, we wrote a poem for you, for your diabetes. Uh, for those that don't know, the organization that I work for published a book of poems uh, from people, um, about diabetes and Joe, for some reason, hates that people are able to express themselves in poetry. So, um, what's up in LA, Joey? Mike, I'm very angry with you. Okay. 
Mike, please. I'm begging you. Please, I'm on my knees. I'm begging you. Next time <laughs> I tell you, I'm going to hang out with my cousin Richard. Can you please remind me not to hang out with him? Please. What happened? What happened? It's, I'm actually not going to even, I'm not going to waste a story on this. You can literally write the story. All I'm going to say is, um, my friend Brenda and her fiance Dan and this other lady wanted to go to the Magic Castle. Okay. And Ri- Richard showed up and wanted to leave 15 minutes later. Mike, it's literally exactly the same thing as with those guys. We went downstairs. We were at the WC Fields bar and he comes up to me during a show and says, I want to go now. Uh huh. I don't, I, what? And he, I was like, he's like, I really want to go home now. And I was like, look, just wait till after the show. Cause they're in the middle of a show. He goes, I go, he goes, well, let's just leave. And I go, I'm not going to just wave to them and leave. Like these are actually people that I know. These are like my friends, you know, not yeah. just two random internet people. Yeah. Well, why don't you guys not just not drive together? I know. When, oh, don't even, I don't, Mike, I don't want to waste a story on this. I just don't. Just fill okay. in the blanks. Basically, he taps him on the shoulder and says, we're leaving now. And then they leave the, they leave the show to come say goodbye. And I was just like, fuck this, man. Fuck this. But I actually don't take full blame on this because I didn't, I wasn't planning on inviting Richard. Brenda really wanted to see Richard. So. Okay. So I was like, okay, this is what you get, bitch. This is part of the whole Richard experience, you know? Yeah. You leave early. But that's not what I wanted to talk about, Mike Lawson. What I wanted to talk about was last week I went to, uh, the live taping of the RuPaul's Drag Race finale. Cool. You went. And down, yeah, I actually ended up going in downtown LA. I wasn't going to go. And then literally the day of the show, I watched, uh, Untucked, which is sort of like their behind the scenes show that they show every week. And it was just full of drama. Because before, up until the last Untucked, um, all the queens were sort of getting along, right? Yeah. And I was like, eh, this is boring. I'm not going to go, right? But then that Untucked, they were like fighting. I was like, you know what? I'm going to fucking go to this. And there were a ton of cheap seats available. So I got, Mike, I literally got the cheapest seat you could. But since I was going by, I went by myself, right? And since I was going by myself, like, it was good for a shitty seat, but it was still like five rows from the back or something like that. How much did you pay? Like, I know that that's weird to ask, but I'm just so curious. $40. Oh, that's not that bad. No. For nosebleed seats and... Whatever. How long was the total? Event? Uh, that's an annoying part of the when you go to these tapings. Yeah, I know they're longer than much longer than what they show on TV. But in fact, it's going to be kind of part of the story. Minor, so I'm just going to tell you. Last, I'll tell you last year and set you up for this year. So last year we were in line for two hours, right? And then because they say, "Oh, we open the doors at five p.m. sharp," but no queen, they don't let you in till like six thirty. And I think we got there at four thirty. Right. Then we were there from six thirty to twelve thirty for the taping. <gasps> it was six hours. Oh my god! Right. right? Yeah. Okay. So there's that. Okay. And do they give you like breaks and stuff then? Very short little breaks. Wow. Very short. Yeah. So anyway, I show up, but they on the tickets says five p.m. sharp. Well, but I will say this about last year for the lunch. That's that's the reason that people cheer when they announce a winner, just because they're glad it's over. No, I'm not going to even joke. Uh, they made us do the, you know, because you have to do the finale three times. They crowned all three w- fi- finalists, mm-hmm. and you're so done by that point. Like they have to. I'm sure they have to sweeten the 
the noise. Like, yeah. When, because we're just like done. We're so done. Right. Anyway. So I, the only, so this year they said 5 p.m. sharp. And I go, you know what? They might do it this year. Cause last year the tickets were for general admission, just general seating. Mm-hmm. And this year you actually bought a seat. You actually bought a ticket. Okay. Like a reserve seat. That was unlike last year. Okay. So I go, I'll show up at 5 p.m. I show up at 5 p.m. Mike, there's a line going around the fucking downtown LA block, p- past the theater, down the block, down the other end of the block, around the other, like going a full Los Angeles downtown block. Okay. Of okay. people. And I even asked the security guard, I go, these are reserved tickets, right? And he goes, yeah. I'm like, fuck this. I'm not going to stand in fucking line for two hours, right? For your one seat that you're guaranteed that I know, to get? Yeah, that I know where I'm sitting. Yeah. Okay. So I walked to the end of the line, just but not to go to the line, just to see what's going on. Like maybe there's a To see if it would be next to a cute guy, because if it was, he would stand in oh. line forever. Yeah, I really would. I wouldn't even go, I wouldn't even go into the show. I'd be like, yeah. let's just bail. Let's go to a bar, right? Yeah. So... <laughs> Close to the middle of the line, middle of the line, still like one and a half blocks away from the theater, is this empty Argentine bar, right? So I'm like, you know what? I need to go to the bathroom. Let me go in there. And they go, oh, it's happy hour. They were like so excited because I was there, you know? Like it literally was empty. And I go, oh, what's your happy hour? And Mike, these happy hour prices were insane. Like, you know, like a glass that you would have like of your in your kitchen for a glass of water? Like, uh-huh. like, like a tumbler, right? Yeah. It was $3 for sangria that size. Whoa. And like empanadas were like $2 and like a big basket of fries was $3. Yeah. Like I was like, this, yeah. is, this is what? I go, Here's a 20. Buy a drink for everyone in line. Yes. <laughs> Mike, yes, that happened. So yeah. I don't know. Maybe I had one sangria or something after going to the bathroom. And so I started getting all loopy and I was lonely. <laughs> so close to what you were saying, any cute guy or groups of cute well it was all, it was all people there's no single people there it's just people in twos or fours right. right nobody would go to that alone no you're right this becomes part of the story <laughs> so i would see them i go like hey come in here the sangria is three dollars and they're like but we're in line i go i, I was mike i was like the official what's the tea for this show with joe Right. Uh-huh. I was like, no, queen, I was here last year. They don't even seat you till six 30 and the, the show doesn't even start till seven. You have a lot of time. Right. Yeah. And they're like, okay, Mike, within 20 minutes, full I had bar. the entire full bar. We were all partying. I was answering questions uh-huh. like about last season, walking around, making friends, you know? So uh-huh. full, like <laughs> Mike, 30 people, right? So uh-huh. then the line started to move and they were getting nervous. And I was like, guys, don't get nervous. They still have to go in. Uh, uh, they start, the line's moving. They still have people way behind them. The line continued to grow, right? And they have to go around blocks to get to the theater. We're good. And they're like, okay. They were getting nervous because they've never been. I go, trust. Yeah. Trust me, right? Meanwhile, in that whole restaurant, though, I got really close to actually – Mike, I was going to text you, but I didn't want to. I wanted to say it for the show. These guys who were from San Francisco, from Oakland, from your area, they go to the White Horse. Oh, really? And they don't know you. I'm well, all, you should. Oh, I would show me their picture. I never took their number or anything like that. It was, oh. and I see. This seems to be a trend. The couple that went to the White Horse and lived by there all the time uh, was an Asian guy with his white boyfriend, and I was like, oh, well, this must be the thing. So. Uh, but they were super, super nice. His name was like Cliff. 
And I don't remember what the boyfriend's name was. But they were super nice with their friends. We were just, we just really, really hit it off, right? Yeah. Like, we were, like, best friends. And so now the lines vanish. Now, they're Joe. Where everyone in the bar is like, Joe. It's like 30 people. They would go out and they go, Joe, the line's gone. It's not even on the street anymore. I'm like, okay, we can close out now. So we close out. Now a group of 30 fags is walking down the street and they're like yelling at me like, Joe, if we don't get in because of you, I'm like, trust. Okay. We go even like there's no line in front of the theater. It's empty. It's a ghost town now. Right. They're like, oh, they're, people were nervous. Some of them were running to the door. Yeah. I just walked. I knew, I knew how this worked. Right. Uh-huh. We all get in. Because, of course, they they don't know what they're doing, these people. We all get in. But the friends who I was really close with, the Oakland people, right? They're like, Joe, we had, we knew where our seats were. They're like, Joe, come sit with us. Because they were like literally last row, right? They were like last row. And I was like, come sit with us. And I'm like, you know what? They got, your tickets are better than ours. I'm like five rows ahead of them, by the way. I'm like, I'll tell you what. I'll see where you guys sit. The only part I care about is the opening. So once the opening is done... I'll go up and I'll sit with you guys. All right, great. So I go to my seat. I watch them walk in. I want to see where they're going to sit. They walk up to the last row and they're about to sit down. And then I see, but I'm far away from them. I'm across the theater, right? I'm like audience left. They're audience right. Okay, back row. I see an usher go up to them and he's talking to them. And they're like, just like, oh, uh-huh. Right? Then the Upgrade. Up- the ushers leads them to the front of the mezzanine, the okay. front the front row of the balcony where there's four empty seats, and they take the, there's no there's no room for me. They're just gone now, and I was like, what? Like Mike, I was heartbroken. I was like, <laughs> oh my god, now they have better seats than I do, and I'm not going to see them again, right? And I was just like really sad in my shitty seat now, and. <laughs> Sangria drunk. Sangria drunk and just (laughs) depressed. Like, here I am, a shitty fucking seat, right? And by the way... All alone. Because I knew, because I knew I was um, going to be taking notes for my podcast, the RuPaul's Drag Race podcast, and that's the only reason I was going, and I was going to be in the last row. Mike, Mm -hmm. I look like shit. Like, I look basically the way I do today. Like, I hadn't shaven, my hair was all over the place, and a shitty polo shirt with... Just looked like shit, right? Okay, okay. I look like I'm going to have a seizure in a diabetes office. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting there and then all of a sudden, like 10 minutes before the show, the pre-show is going on, you know, and this usher walks up and is like, I need one person, one person. And meanwhile, no one can take this. Cause they're all coupled. Yeah. And I go, yeah. I raise my hand and he goes, come with me. Mike, he takes me down out of the balcony. Down the stairs, into the orchestra. Yeah. Out the back door. Out He's the like, back door. See ya, loser. Yeah. Idiot. <laughs> we saw you. Okay. <laughs> He's like, Get you- a friend. <laughs> He's like, can you pick up this trash? We saw that you're Mexican. So anyway, um, no, to like the like 10th row in the orchestra. Oh, wow. Like, I'm writing like, which is funny because those are like $200 Do you seats. think we'll be able to see you on the finale? I think so. Here's why. I'm hoping not though. It'll be a, it'll be a bittersweet thing whether I am or not. Here's why. I was sitting next to these very handsome gay men, the kind of people Logo would want to be seen at the finale. Okay. Right? And so there was a roving camera guy who was going through the audience taking audience reaction shots. 
and okay. Dave got on it. A lot. He would frequently come to us and have the camera on us. But I'm sitting directly next to him. It's like they're at the end of the aisle and then me, right? Okay. I look like shit. I look like awful. I look awful, right? <laughs> awful. And uh-huh. I wouldn't be surprised if – what if they show it and then they like just go to a black bar – <laughs> over where I am or even, like, it's one of these things where like if I see that they do a really tight shot in these guys and completely black me out on purpose that'll be sad but in a weird kind of way be relieved but I'll, even, I'll be even more horrified if you just see these pictures of me on national TV oh I can't wait to see if it's there um, I don't know because yeah because I'm right there I'm sitting next to the queens in fact oh, I don't know how many people watch RuPaul's Drag Race so I won't belabor the point but and you can hear it on my other podcast but we, you know, we have a different bathroom. So I go to this little, we have a little tiny bathroom and I was in line. And so it's one of these bathrooms where they only can fit two people. So as one person leaves, one person goes in, you know, mm-hmm. I was just on my phone doing shit. And the guy in front of me goes in, I'm next in line. And some of the people behind me were like, did you see that's Lucian Piani? And I was like, oh, where, where? I was like looking, but I didn't see him. Right. So I go to the bathroom, I pee. And the guy who was in there with me, we both go to the sink to wash our hands. Lucian Piani? Oh, he's dreamy. Here's the, the, the shocking thing, right? Because in the show, I would think he'd be like a like my height twink, right? Yeah. No, he's like your height. He's tall. Oh, really? Yeah, he's like, how tall are you? Like 6'1", six 6'2"? Six I'm six foot. Oh, okay. I would think he's about your height. You know? And that was, that was shocking to me. Huh. Yeah. You would That's think cool. he would be like 5'8 or 5'7. Well, when I watch next week, I'm going to look for you. Yes. So I hope it's, watch next week. I hope it's not like um, when you went to the Ellen show where it was like Adam and um, his boyfriend and then you half of your like ear showed. <laughs> oh, is it that happened with me on Ellen? I didn't watch Ellen. So like you can only see my ear? Well, that's just a screenshot I saw. Oh, that's fine. I look like shit on Ellen too because I was sick. But, um, yeah, 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 no. Look, I'll be fine if I'm not on RuPaul's Drag Race finale, to be honest with you. So, yeah. um, but it, it, there is a strong possibility. I was sitting, I was sitting among people who had cameras on them a lot. I could also just be in theory in the background behind, there was people like a few rows in front right. who they were on camera a lot. So I could be like in the, just staring at them. In the this background. might be a stupid question, but was it a black polo shirt? Yes. Okay. I'll, I'll keep an eye out. I but think, I, it, like, I could just assume it was a black polo. Yeah, I think I feel that's very <laughs> safe with Joe Batan's black yeah. polo shirt. You know, I was like, um. yes. <laughs> I like saying, were you wearing shoes? Oh my god, <laughs> yes, I was. What's going on with you, um, Joey? Do you remember Philip? Blessed be, I sure do. Yeah. So I dated him way, 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 way long ago. Um, it was when he lived in Long Beach and I lived in Orange County. And he eventually moved to Oakland. We've talked about him before. Yeah. Um, he moved away for a while and then he moved back to Oakland. I think, mm-hmm. I think we've even talked about that on here. Mm-hmm. And, um, what we haven't talked about, I don't think ever really, is that while we were dating, I sort of felt like he, took more than he gave if that makes sense well you and i talked about this in private but we don't talk about it in the show so sh- like shortly i mean this was so many years ago i was like 19 right 20 maybe shortly after dating him he uh or starting to date him he was evicted and he had to move in with me remember that mm-hmm. and i felt like i was always working and he was always like freelance graphic design and he had yeah all right money here sure and there was. but yeah so I ended up paying for a lot. Of, I don't know. I just felt like taking advantage, right? Mm-hmm. 
And we eventually broke up, and I felt like I only got hit up when he needed something, like mm-hmm. web design work or illustration or also just like – No, no, no. Nothing like that. But also like advice. I don't know. It was always just one-sided, okay? So it mm-hmm. even got to the point where when he would text and say like, how are you doing? I would be like, oh, what does he want? Because like he would do small talk, but then it would there would always be an ask, okay? And – so he's back in Oakland. He lives like 15 minutes from me. He's been here for months, but we haven't met up or hung out or anything. And he hits me up only when he needs to ask for stuff. Um, and he has some ideas for like a graphic design business or like getting more creative freelancing. And I'm really interested in getting more creative freelancing. Uh, by the way, I have a website, connectthroughdesign.com is my portfolio. If anybody wants graphic design illustration or social media freelancing stuff hit me up um so it'd be great if i bleep that out (laughs) um so he said let's do lunch um and let's talk about these ideas right so monday is memorial day we meet up we eat lunch we talk we reminisce about old times and everything's (laughs) fine wait i hope i don't ruin the punchline but what if he's like so listen, Mike, I'm starting this freelance graphic design website, and I was wondering, and you're like, oh, he wanted me to be, and you're like, could you do the graphic design for that website for free? <laughs> so If I ruin um, the punchline, punch I'll line. delete that out. So he, no, it's fine. He also had a really recent breakup. By the way, Philip is 37, uh-huh. and the dude he broke up with is 21. So I'm like shocked it didn't work out, but okay. um, he's really heartbroken over it, and Whatever. So, after- why would anyone be heartbroken by never speaking to a twenty-one-year-old again? <laughs> so after we meet up for lunch, we've been texting more than usual. He's g-chatted me. He's working now, um, so he g-chatted me when he was at work, right? And then Joey, out of the blue, yesterday evening, he mm-hmm. texts me and asks if he could borrow money. <laughs> what? He says that his dog jumped out of a moving car and he needs like five thousand dollars. Even the dog is like, I got to get the fuck out of here. Well, so here's my question. Am I wrong to feel like he's scamming? Like, no, I, I don't. I mean, if the dog got hurt, that sucks. That's also he was asking you for was he asking you to contribute to five thousand dollars or yeah. asking you for five thousand dollars? No, he didn't ask me for five thousand. He just asked. He said that he needs five thousand and asked if I could loan him anything. <sighs> and like, Look, by the way, the by the way. I'm not giving him money. Like that's no. not that's not. Yeah, you wouldn't happen. even have a guy with AIDS stay in an apartment. By the way, um, he didn't have AIDS. Look, here's the deal. You're getting Adam, your stories mixed up. Friend of the show, Adam Vaught, called me last week, and he goes, uh, "I just heard Mike Lawson say that." Oh uh, shit! <laughs> <laughs> uh, that he didn't know this guy, and he was gonna let him. Uh, he was gonna let him stay in an apartment. He goes, "I've never met Mike Lawson, and he stayed in my apartment for a week." We, I've met, by the way, I have met Adam Vaught, so he has a bad memory and that hurts my feelings. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, Joe, he didn't just let me stay at his place. He was like, yeah, the neighbor has the keys. Just go get them and you could stay there. All my personal belongings are in the house. That's cool. Just, (laughs) so he did more than just like let me stay at his place while he was there. Like he let me stay completely unguarded. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you, Adam Bob, by the way. But um, I don't know. I already texted um, Philip and said, like, the only thing I'm able to give you right now is positive thoughts. But, like, he has a job. Why? I just – I don't get this. 
Here's the thing, and I know, uh, I know I'm opening us, I'm opening us up. I'm sorry, I'm putting you in harm's way here for this, to this. But, um, actually, friend of the show, Adam Vaught, his dad had this rule growing up that if it, like, I can't remember what the number was, but if, if it cost, like, a certain amount of money, like $200 or more, I'm just making this up, to, um, help treat an animal, that he would just, you know, euthanize the animal, right? Yeah. Now, that's kind of low. I don't, I don't remember if that was a number, right? Well, but, and I think everyone has their own kind of, yeah, like... But at five, it, when you don't have money, and it's $5,000, yeah. I think it's something you have to consider. Well, I, according to what he told me, and I, Joey, I hate to even say this, I don't even know if the dog got hurt. Like, I I kind of don't know if that's even the case. Cause I feel or like there's even very, a dog. No, I met the dog. I think it's just very suspicious that... I'm was the dog back blinking the to you in Morse code? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's very suspicious that all of a sudden I'm back in the picture and he wants to talk. And mm-hmm. um, and then now he's like, and I need $5,000. I don't know. I just feel very suspicious yeah. about it. Yeah, um, no, and no, that's no. Because, I definitely like, wouldn't do it. That's that's sketchy. Yeah. Set up a GoFundMe. Yeah. Why doesn't he make one of his classic uh, albums, his gospel albums, and just uh, – Sell it for twenty dollars. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, Mike. So I wouldn't. I definitely wouldn't. Uh, give, that sounds really, really sketchy. And I, I feel it's a weird feeling. Like I'm going back and forth between feeling like scammed and be like fuck, fuck off, and feeling like also kind of like sad for his dog. Like the dog is alive, but according to what he's saying, the dog is alive and will continue to be alive. But he can't use his back legs, or she can't use her back legs. So. What he needs is a procedure that would fix the back legs. Does that make sense? So it's not even like a life and death, but it's like happiness of the animal. Yeah. I don't know. And it was such a nice dog, too. But yeah, Sorry, dog. Um, what's going on in L.A.? Any news stories? Well, I still have another story. Oh. What did you do for Memorial Day? Um, Hung out with Philip. I went to this, uh, I met up with my parents and my cousin Richard at this, um, Memorial Day event in East LA, right? Which. You did last year too, yeah? Yeah, 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 yeah. Nothing really of note to mention here, but I, I decided that since I'm downtown right now to get there completely by subway. Okay. Okay. Oh my god, it took forever. Ugh. So I finally get there. And afterwards, Richard was like, Richard said, you know what? I'll just drive you back to that apartment. And I go, okay. My parents were like, no, you know, we want to take you to lunch and let's do that. Right. And I'm like, oh, okay, Richard, um, my parents are going to take me to lunch and take me back to the apartment. Okay. And he's like, oh, okay. Then I get in the car and they're like, my dad's like, we're just going to drop you off at the apartment because I want to beat Memorial Day traffic. By the way. It was 11.30 in the morning in L.A. <laughs> the, the traffic's not coming from L.A. to right. where my parents live, you know? So I'm like, what? I'm like, okay, whatever, right? But then I guess my mom must have told him something, and she goes, Joey, we're going to take you to lunch. Okay, where do you want to go? We'll take you anywhere you want to go downtown. And I go, look, because I know them, Right. You tell me where you guys want to eat lunch, okay? <laughs> this is going to be a problem. Just tell me. I don't, yeah. I don't care. Whatever you want to eat, we can yeah. we can eat wherever you want to eat, right? You know this area better than us. 
You know the area better than us. Yeah, you know the area. Just, you know, whatever you get, wherever you go. Yeah. Uh, we're going to go there. I'm like, oh, I was telling my brother this story, and he goes, it's a trap. Yeah. It's a fucking trap. And I go, TGI I Fridays. Just pick TGI Fridays or yeah, Applebee's. They don't have something. those in downtown. They don't have those in downtown. So I go, you know what? I go, I would have. Yeah, I totally would have Denny's or something, right? So yeah. I go, listen. Let's go to Grand Central Market. And I'm thinking, I've won. I've beat them, right? Because Grand Central Market, as we learned last week, has, has everything. Everything, Mike. You have your egg slut, the egg sandwiches. There's a deli. They serve pastrami and corned beef sandwiches, the best you'll get in this country, right? Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. several Mexican food stalls. There's a, a great Thai street food place. There's like donuts. There's ice cream. There's Belcampo meats, as we learned about. That's Mike. Everything, Chinese takeout, everything is there, right? Mm-hmm. And the best version of it, okay? I, we get there. My dad's already freaking out because it's super crowded. I, it, it is really busy because it's Memorial Day, I think. It's packed. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. This is like the place where they go on TV, those marketplaces when the food guys go on TV. I don't like it. I want to get out of here, right? And mom's like <laughs> – which, by the way, when I'm watching those on TV when they're like in a street market, I'm like, I want to go there. My dad sees that and goes, I do not want to be there. Yeah. Right? So he grabs like a little like bistro table outside of Grand Central Market. That makes him feel better. And my mom was – so I'm in I'm walking down Grand Central and she goes, I'm going to go ask your father what he wants, okay? And she goes and she asks him and she comes back and she goes, okay, you know what? We want the same thing. A cold roast beef sandwich with french fries. And then I realize, I think about it, I go, there's not one place in this Grand Central Market that serves a roast beef sandwich with french fries. And I'm like, uh, she goes, that's what we want. We decided that's what we want. We want a roast beef sandwich and french fries. And I was like, oh, my God, they fucking stumped Grand Central Market. How the you fuck know where did you they can get that? that? Arby's. I know. Do you remember Conroy's? Conroy's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What Mike's talking about is years ago, I went to this, um, like, I just needed, like, I was going to a birthday party. I was at the mall already, and I went to this high-end flower shop just to get, like, a shitty basket of flowers or something, right? And everything was, like, $200. So I talked to the flower guy, and I go, like, I want to get some flowers. He goes, what were you looking to spend in here? I go, like, I don't know, 25 bucks, 30 bucks. He goes, maybe you should try Conroy's. Like a dick like that. You did it better than I did. Oh, if you don't asshole. know Conroy's, it's like a shitty flower market that's on the corner of places in LA and Orange County. Yeah. So, so what I do now, they realize there is actually a world, the, the, and one of the claimed inventors of the French dip sandwich, Coles, and it's really good, is too far to walk for my parents, but close. Okay. So I call a lift. I tell my parents, I go, say, look, we're leaving this place. I called a lift. It's going to be here in under a minute. We're going to take it. What, what is this lift? Yeah, Joey, we don't know what that is. Some random person's going to pick us up. And I go, yes, don't worry. about. It. I'm already getting like, don't worry about it. Okay? Don't worry about it. I'm going to throw you from a fucking train. I swear to Christ. Okay? Mike, I don't know. Oh, the, God. God had a fucking sense of humor on Memorial Day. The person picking us up in the lift is essentially Betty Batance driving a car. Oh, shit. So now... The you lift, have two of them. Yeah. Betty Lift, Betty Batant's Lift, goes on the wrong side of the street on this busy downtown LA street and just stops the car. Oh, and she's waving to us, yeah. right? I'm like, ugh. My parents are already hating downtown. They're hating this lift thing. So I go, we got to cross the street. So now we have to walk to the stop sign light, cross the crosswalk, walk over to her. In the meanwhile, 
as we're getting close to her, the traffic opens up and she flips a U-turn and goes to the other side? No. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my parents, are like, what is going on? What is this lady doing? Right? Yeah. So then. Oh, Joey. Always yeah. has, makes us Joey, do these complicated why yeah, things. Why couldn't we just go to a Mexican restaurant? Right? By the way, they never told me anything. It was like, wherever you want to go. Yeah. So now we have to cross the street again. And then we get in the car. Right? And we're clearly very frustrated. And she goes, okay, where to? Am I, we're going to Kohl's. Oh, I know where that is. I like that place. That place is good. Even though the last time. This, by the way, it's not my mom. It sounds like my mom, but she's essentially yeah. my mom. She goes, the driver. She goes, last time I went, I went with my son, but we didn't land up eating there. And I go, oh, uh, what Why? happened? She goes, he started a fight with me. He likes to pick on me and criticize me. And so we just got in a fight and we just left without eating. And my mom was like, oh. I understand. <laughs> I understand. We, we, trust me, I can totally. And they were like bonding over what a shitty person I am. <laughs> on the whole drive to Coles. Well, at least I was imagining her saying like somebody got I don't know a finger in their sandwich or something, and you got. Meanwhile, you guys are headed there to eat. No, no. So we went to Coles. I will say the happy ending is my parents loved Coles. Oh, they loved it. They loved. They adored Coles. Right. Okay. In fact, my dad was talking about it to friends the next day. It really is. I, my brother was saying, "Why didn't you just know?" My brother's like. In the future, when there's doubt, roast beef, some carved meat sandwich and french fries is always going to make our parents happy. So I was like, weird. you're right. I should have known that. Because I was like, why didn't you guys just say that? Like, we didn't know what we wanted then. We decided we wanted the roast beef sandwich or french fries. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, okay. It's crazy. So, yeah. Well, I'm glad that it eventually worked out. No, um, but speaking of meat sandwiches, Joey. Yeah. Red alert. Um... There's a sandwich shop up here. There's a lot of them called Lee's Sandwiches. There's one. There's a few down in Orange County. I think yeah, the ton in Garden County. Grove area, Fullerton. I remember you lived by one. Yeah, um, and you so used the, to go there just to get loaves of bread. Yeah, the Vietnamese chain and iced coffee. So good. yeah, the Vietnamese chain Lee's Sandwiches, which has 14 locations in the Bay, Bay Area, including one in the Tenderloin and another in downtown Oakland, just recalled over 213 thousand pounds of chicken beef turkey pork and quail egg steamed buns that had not been inspected in spite of being labeled as such and the recall affects restaurants all over the united states from california to nevada to texas to oklahoma so um basically their their meat they labeled it saying that it had been inspected and then it turns out that they never got inspected how's that even happen um, but my question to you, have you ever had a Lee's sandwich? I have. One time, I went one time because everyone raves about this Lee's sandwiches. Even though now that I've gotten way, I had it before I was more of a foodie. Since then, I found out there's way better ones. Oh, in the way area. better and way cheaper. Well, yeah. Yeah. Lee's isn't that expensive, but a banh mi sandwich is not an expensive sandwich. If you're paying no. more than $5 for it, you're getting ripped off. In fact, you yeah, can yeah, probably yeah. get two for $5. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I completely agree. And I've had banh mi sandwiches before that, like, I love. I fucking just love them. But for some reason, Lee's was very whatever to me. Yeah, it's kind of like um, the Starbucksification of Vietnamese food. Like, it's consistent. So every Lee's you go to kind of has the same, you know what you're ordering. And I feel like white people like it because they don't – the they know last time I went and I got a number four. So I'll just get a number four again because it was good. 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas if you're walking into a, a legitimate, not that this isn't legitimate, but like a mon pa owned Vietnamese sandwich shop or Vietnamese food shop, you mm-hmm. never really know what kind of quality it is. And if the yeah. menu's all in Vietnamese, you're going to struggle too. So yeah. Um, I don't eat meat though, so this doesn't affect me. But I do well, what, really. I like. Do they have? A lot. Do they have veggie grill up in San Francisco? I don't know what veggie grill is. Veggie grill is – it's going to be funny because remember I was vegan for a while and I learned – Mercedes and Chris and I learned about this during it. We were doing this plan called um, Eat to Live, which is not only just vegan. It's like hardcore vegan. It's like you can't fuck around vegan. Like you can't even have salt or oil, right? Okay. But we discovered this veggie grill, which I'm telling you, even if you do not like being vegan or have an aversion to vegan or ve- – that sounds gross to you – Veggie grill is essentially like the junk food of vegetarian and vegan food, right? Okay. And even like your, your dad, Mike, would find something to eat at v- Veggie Grill and like it. Okay. Cool. And anyway, so that Veggie Grill, what I've been getting is actually their vegan banh mi, which is uh, um, great. It's so good. We and have um, we have one in Walnut Creek, one in Mountain View down by Facebook, and then another one in it's San Jose. There's oh Veggie Grill. Me. Oh, there's none near you. Yeah. Well, if you, ever, if you ever find yourself in those areas, I would check it out. I really, really like it. Cool. Anyway, um, yeah, look, I'll be honest with you. The few times that I've been to Lee's sandwiches, I always felt the meat seemed sort of suspicious anyway. To me, yeah, <laughs> true. this does not seem like a shocking news story to me. In In a weird way, some of these food places, I'm sure you can get this – because you do like food trucks and stuff, sometimes the shadiness of it makes it taste a little bit better. Oh yeah, like oh yeah. You're, I don't know. It just feels like it was cooked in someone's backyard. Do you know what I mean? Then you're like, mm, I don't know. But meat is weird to me to have shadiness around meat or dairy. I don't want my dairy to be compromised either. I don't know, man. Because one of the things I really like is like you have to be, you have to go to. Um, like really special in the know, like farmers markets for this, but like people who sell like unpasteurized milk. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of good too. The, um, market by my house, the Berkeley bowl, there's always people outside getting petition signs so that they could start. They want them to s- start selling unpasteurized milk again. Cause I guess they did it for a while, but it's illegal. And so. Oh, I'm surprised you guys don't have it. I think it's still technically illegal. Yeah. I think yeah. you have to be sort of in the know and just sort of wink, wink. Here's some milk for you. Yeah. And yeah. it tastes better. Like it's fattier. Um, no, you know what it, 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 look, this is where you're getting to like being a, actually, I don't genuinely like it, which is funny. Like I've tried it just to try it, but in a weird kind of way, I like my milk homogenized, you yeah. know, and, uh, because, what happens when you have unhomogenized milk, it tastes different. Every cow's milk tastes different. And I guess it's a little um, funkier, if you will. Yuck. So it, t- it tastes like you're drinking an animal's uh, right. breast milk. And I feel, I feel like this is the way a lot of people are with meat, too. They don't want to remember that it's actually from an animal. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. kind of gross to think that, I don't know, this thing is bleeding as you're putting it in your mouth. What's up in L.A.? Any news stories that you want to talk about? Yes, Mike. An In-N-Out Burger Flipper disabled a car and attempted to murder his boss in a parking lot. 
A disgruntled Glendale In-N-Out employee went for a true double-double against his former boss earlier this week, huh. disabling the man's car by putting sugar in the gas tank and hiding out with a few loaded guns in what police are calling an armed ambush. NBC Los Angeles has some on the... On the scene details, oh, this is a link, which took place around 2 a.m. Monday, 2 a.m. Monday morning, that's redundant. And they say, it took place around 2 a.m. Monday morning. Yeah. Well, yeah. The same thing. The alleged attacker, Eric Bloss, was a recent UC Berkeley college graduate whose former roommate says had become disillusioned with his work flipping burgers and believed that his manager at the Glendale In-N-Out was reprimanding him unfairly. The imminent attack, as described by police, was foiled when a passerby spotted Bloss tampering with a car in the parking lot. Uh, that witness tipped off the right people, and Bloss was found not too long after, waiting for the In-N-Out manager to head for his car after a long shift. Thankfully, the entire plot fell apart before anyone was hurt. Um, here's the thing that, well, Mike, before we go anywhere, um, do you think that this guy, in your opinion, your expert opinion on In and Out and, uh, having eaten there, do you think maybe this was like a, like a, a super pro Whataburger fan or he didn't like that crunchy piece of lettuce or having fresh things in his mouth? Maybe. He's a recent UC Berkeley graduate. The alleged attacker. Yeah, so that means even more crazy. Here's what's funny is they said he was disillusioned with being a, a burger flipper. But here's the deal. Anybody who knows In-N-Out knows. In-N-Out as a private company, and it, it, it is a really good company, pays really, really well. Especially, like I think, like, well, entry level is, like... Well, it's good, but what? Here, it's good for a burger flipper. Like if you take all the burger flipper jobs, they yes. take care of you, right? Not just in yeah. pay, but I think like maybe in health benefits, health and like benefits, other and perks. then they only they only promote within from within. So if you actually work your way up, I think a well, this is Mike. This is going off twenty years ago when I was in college, mm -hmm. right? But I remember because the In and Out headquarters were actually across the street from UC Irvine. So there are a lot of people there who would go after UC Irvine and work in and out the corporate office. And so I remember just, I'd be friends with them, people who graduated. And this is like 15, 20 years ago, an in and out manager of a, of a, just one location, you made like $130,000 a year. Wow. So I'm sure it's gone up. They pay really, 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 really well at in and out. So like when you work your way up, if you want to turn it into a career, it's a very lucrative career to work it in and out if that's what you want to do, if you want to work in the food service industry. So I actually, I think like I could see being disgruntled at McDonald's, but I feel in and out is sort of like the market leader in paying their uh, employees really well. Well, they can do it because they save money by putting well, shitty think, pieces of lettuce oh, in the burger. Cut out. Hello. Thank you. I beat that joke to death. No. It, it, it was, it was, it took forever. But then right after I texted you, it said that I wasn't connected to the internet. And I was like, Oh, it dropped the internet for some reason. Okay. So we could do this very easily. So okay. I just kept, I didn't know you were gone. And so I kept talking and okay. I was just saying, like, one of the speech about how in and out just pays really well. So I was, okay. so I said, I said something to the effect of like, so I'll, I'll pick it up. It was, it was not exactly this, but it was something close to like, uh, I'll just, just, just react to what I just say. So yeah, they pay really, really well. In fact, I think In and Out is like the market leader in like how they pay their employees. And their food tastes good. Yeah, and their food tastes good. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I have a story that I want to tell you. Um, this kind of touches on something we talked about before, and it's also about Facebook, which we both use, and it's about uh, San Francisco Pride, and we're both gay. So I thought this would be a great story. Facebook will be allowed 
to sponsor and march in the San Francisco Pride Parade this year. They march in the Pride Parade every year for the past few. And um, we thought maybe they wouldn't because of this refusal for the real name to change their real name policy that Mm -hmm. drag queens and trans people say discriminates against them. The reason Pride is turning its back on the portion of its community affected by Facebook's policy, according to the San Francisco Examiner, all it took was a phone call from Mark Zuckerberg himself and the promise of sponsorship dollars. And then the Pride Parade people were like, okay. So San Francisco drag queens, we've talked about this. I've heard it on other podcasts too. San Francisco drag queens have led a campaign against Facebook's name policy since last year when Facebook began a mass deletion of profiles of people who use aliases, many of them drag performers, trans people, domestic violence survivors, and others who don't want to use their legal name for a variety of reasons. And a meeting between Facebook and drag queens last fall didn't resolve the issue and the activists launched a petition this spring calling for Facebook to be barred from the New York and San Francisco Pride Parades. The petition has over 2,000 signatures and nearly 1,000 people have signed up on Facebook, of course, to protest at the company's uh, Menlo Park campus next Monday. Uh, But according to the examiner, a person, uh, I'm sorry, a personal call from Mark Zuckerberg to the Pride Board's president, Gary Virginia, helped push him to vote to allow Facebook into the parade. And the vote was five to four. So it wasn't like a perfect easy vote, but um, it looks like Facebook is going to – I'm not going to read through the rest of that story, but it looks like Facebook will be in the parade. And I thought, what do you think about that? I mean like taking a stand against – Facebook is one thing, but like not accepting their sponsorship dollars is only really hurting the pride parade really, right? What do you think? I think this is a very complicated issue. Because, yeah. A, Facebook, apart from this issue, which is not a direct attack on gay people or drag queens or domestic violence issues. And in fact, if you think about it, it's actually sort of protecting people because it's prote- it's trying to do as much as possible to prevent people from, like, catfishing or having false identities uh, to, like, in any kind of way to con people or trick them. Okay? So it's actually Facebook trying to beef up security. Okay? And that's just sort of, like... An unfortunate result of that. A. B. And could, and I'm going to even say, could Facebook maybe do it better or have some sort of policies in place where you can apply for a different name? Great. And I have, I, we could go down that rabbit hole part A. But B, I feel Facebook and other policies as a corporation does so many things that are so pro-gay and so helps people, right? And is like, you know, they have great domestic partnership benefits and get, you know, like, you can be married and have health, but like they don't have, they've always been sort of ahead of the pack on that. Okay. Um, one of the big higher ups is gay. You know, what's the name of that? Is it Chris Hughes or whatever his name is? I don't know. Yeah. And he's, you know, whatever that guy is, the gay guy who's trying to get his husband to always win a political office somewhere. You know, like I feel Facebook has been at the, at the forefront of treating gay people with respect in the workplace and, and promoting gay issues. Okay. And then this is just one unfortunate thing, all right? Next, I've never really understood, like, because I know on Facebook you can make a fan page or you can make, you know, a group page. Why can't you just make a fan or group page for your alternate name? And see, look, if you're a domestic abuse victim, I mean, look, in a perfect world, it'd be great that you can use um, Facebook and it sucks what's happened to you. But I don't know. That, that, what, that, 
that one, I don't know. I have to take, I have to take a closer look at the domestic uh, abuse victims. But for drag queens and performers and gay people who want to change their name or for whatever reason, I feel there are other workarounds and Facebook is a luxury. That being said, on the other side of the gay movement, I've always had a huge problem with gay organizations like the HRC or GLAD. It always seems that when someone like Brett Ratner, for instance, is a perfect example, the director who was on a tear saying anti-gay slurs to the point where he got fired from being the director of the Oscars telecast. When that happened, he just donated a bunch of fucking money to GLAD, and all of a sudden he, I'm not even joking, like a year or two ago, or this year, won like, like, gay, like, super gay awesome person of the year from GLAD, right? And you're like, what? Like, you just have to donate enough money to HRC, you donate enough money to GLAD, and they will fucking just welcome you into their club. That's what actually that uh, guy who wrote um, uh, Less Than Zero and American Psycho, Brett Ratner, not Brett Ratner, what's it? Brett Easton Ellis. That's what he was complaining about in that essay he wrote. So I feel a lot of gay political organizations are very quick to take money and just let something go sweep, swept under the rug as long as you donate money. Yeah. So I think there's no winners here, but I do think Facebook gets kind of a bad rap here. I'm not going to lie. It's interesting though. I don't feel like the pride organizers uh, are a political organization exactly though. Yeah, I mean, it's political what they do, but I feel like as a gay person, almost everything we do that is gay is political, right? So like, I don't, I just don't know that pride is necessarily a political thing, but like, uh, I, don't, I don't, I don't have strong opinions either way because I'm not affected by the Facebook's um, real name policy, and it'd be interesting mm-hmm. to kind of see how somebody who is affected would reply to all of this. Because, like, I mean, I use my real name everywhere. Yeah, I uh, understand. We, that. we have plenty of friends. We have plenty of I friends know. that don't. I know. You know, Donna Sugars For, is a perfect example. Taylor the Shelley Latte Boohecker. Boy. Yeah. <laughs> Taylor the Latte Boy? That's not his real name, believe it or not. No, he doesn't really serve latte. But here's the thing, though. Again, like I said, Facebook A, Facebook has so many other things that they offer the gay community. This is the thing that's going to be like, I fucking, because you don't get your way all the time. You're going to be a little baby and have a tantrum. A, B, you don't have to use Facebook, which there was that movement to go, what was the other? They went to like Hello or something like that. Remember they went to some other, all the drag queens went to some other social media site. How did that work out? You know, like you can always speak with your mouse clicks, you know, or speak with your wallet and you have to really be behind it. But yeah, but I think you're you're saying that. But then here's what they're doing is they're saying, don't be in our pride parade. And they're trying to stand up against it. And you're like, well, I don't know. I feel like you're kind of that's what they're doing right now is they're speaking. No, I no, I understand that. But look, their organization that was supposed to stand up to them took their money and let them in, which I think is critical. But like I said, I'm just criticizing five to four, five to four. So it's not like they just bent over and took uh, it. You know well, I mean? like, uh, we, but here's the thing: is they have a problem with that organization, you know. But uh, look, I have a problem with pride. The pride I heard San Francisco Pride is different from the other ones, though, right? But yeah. I have a problem with pride festivals in general, which you and I have talked about in the show. Right. So pride isn't in San Francisco. Pride isn't super like pay for admission, only drink Bud Light because that's yeah. what's at the booth, and you pay eight dollars for it. Like it's not as corporate as a lot of other prides have grown to be. 
Yeah. So I, I, I can't Yet. speak to this one. Yeah, I know. But again, like I said, I'm just criticizing the people who, again, I'm not one of the people who say you shouldn't criticize Facebook. I have big problems with Facebook, big problems with their privacy policy, huge problems, right? But I think in this case, in this case, I'm like, I understand being annoyed. I'm not even saying they're wrong, but you have to like, you're not going to always get what you want from a corporation and you have to then make a personal consumer decision. I think though there's an easy fix for this. Like Facebook could have like an alternative name sort of setup. So as a a user, I have to give you my real name, Mike Lawson. But then if I want to go by Anita Bath or whatever, like I could propose that as my public facing name and that could be my name. Like what, what is the problem with that? Yeah, I don't get it because Google actually does it when you – Make a new, another Google account. So I have like Joe Batance, and then I also have the Hungry Chola, and I have Undergrad Industries, right? When you go, it's it, it links it all to the same name, so you can track easily who the person is, right? So I don't know why Facebook couldn't do AKAs, you know? Like this person also operates. I would love to have a Facebook page for the Hungry Chola. I would love to have a you know that you know I would love to have an Instagram page for the Hungry Chola. I can't do that, you know. Um yeah, I, I don't know why they don't do that. That now that's a problem. I don't know why they don't do that on a technical end, but I don't take it as a personal front as a gay person. I just take that as a, a front that they're a lame company. But this is directly about gay people. Um, let me read from the notes real quick, and this is a, really the last thing I have to say. While Facebook has an exemplary record on human rights, the thing they do for our community largely benefits the most privileged people living, people like their employees. Pride also has an obligation to the most marginalized, to trans people, people of color, those without the class privilege of a Facebook employee. Our obligation is not to treat all contingents equally as though there could ever be equality between Facebook and a grassroots activist group. Our obligation is to educate the world, liberate our people, and help drive the LGBT movement forward um and that's from somebody who voted against allowing them to sponsor but i don't know i think it's weird like again like i said i can actually see both sides of all of these arguments but i also see how both sides failed you know what i'm saying like if you have a problem you're right then don't let facebook march in your pride parade and have a problem with it i don't agree with it but that's your right as an organization but then when you then just take their money and then look the other way that's shameful as well Right. You know, maybe so. maybe a good solution is to think of something really witty and that could catch on that when because Facebook does a very great job. Every pride in San Francisco, you see people decked with Facebook stickers. They throw them out when they march in the parade. There's always something that they do that kind of catches on. There needs to be a counter to that, that maybe maybe mirrors whatever they decide to do or just maybe something that um, could be very like. That could catch on just as easily um, during Pride. I think that might be a good a good way of going about it. So can you tell somebody that? Thank yeah, you. I will. I'm going to talk to Mark Zuckerberg. Would you have sex with Mark Zuckerberg? Um, today or 10 years ago? <laughs> today. Probably not, no. Uh, really, I, th- I think I find him something very strangely ugly hot about him. Uh, his uh, His bank account? His bank account. No, I really do genuinely find him. I've always found him kind of attractive. Really? Yeah, I don't know why. I I understand why I shouldn't, but I've always just found him kind of attractive. I don't see it. Um, how about Joey? Any other stories in L.A.? I do, but dude, girl, we are at like an hour or something. Let's just call it. Let's just go to the next week. Okay. What are you doing next week? 
Oh, let me go over there. <laughs> well, I can um, tell you, I'm going to Boston. Um, if oh, anybody in the Boston area um, is out there, my summer traveling starts now. So um, Boston is happening. Also, Tom in Chicago is up here in San Francisco right now. I'm having uh, dinner with him on Friday. I don't know what we're going to do exactly, but I'm hanging out with Tom from Chicago and his husband. I think they're married, Tom and Terry. Um, mm-hmm. So that's happening. You've met them. I have. I've had dinner with them at the Magic Castle. Yeah. Um, so if anybody's in the Boston area, hit me up because I'll have some free time. Um, so it would be nice to meet anybody. Uh, but that's that's my uh, next week. What about you? Um, well, I am going to a comedy show. Well, I'm going to two comedy things tonight. Not, you know, I'm staying downtown. Friend of the show, Melissa McQueen, is doing a comedy show downtown. So we're going to get together, do a couple of drinks, and go to her comedy show. It, but her show is early. So we're going to go from that to Patrick Keen. Friend of the show, Patrick Keen, has a comedy show later at night downtown. And then we're going to hit that up um, later. So we're staying downtown, going to these comedy shows. It's going to be a good time. Also, uh, tomorrow night, Thursday night, um, official models of the show, uh, Jacob Bixenman and Garrett Keeler and I, uh, are going to go to, uh, swanky, uh, downtown bars that are meant for young models. Mm, and be I don't good know for your self-esteem. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's going to be awful <laughs> for my self-esteem. It's going to be awful. I am going to come back feeling so small and ugly. I had like a weird, um, last week I had this like, crisis of just this weird self-esteem crisis last week. And I had to call a friend of the show, Adam Vought to help me because I was just, someone said something cruel to me last week about me, my looks. So this is going to be really fun tomorrow to go with two male models. Well, uh, I think you're, you're, you'll be so um, self-conscious that even if somebody is nice to you, you're going to be like, Oh, they thought I was rich or like, do you know what I mean? Like you won't even be able to enjoy genuine people that are there. But here's the thing. I'm short and chubby, right? And and 40. They are tall and thin. Like and, and inc- Garrett Keeler is an incredible fucking shape. I mean, Jacob is, but Jacob's just thin, right? Garrett Keeler is like hot ripped, you know? Mm-hmm. And tall and good looking and like 21, you know? So that's going to be great. It's going to be Sounds awesome. Sounds fun. Mm-hmm. It's going to be so fucking fun. <laughs> All right, Joe. Well, nice catching up with you. Go to hell, Mike. Thank you for listening to another episode of Catching Up. Find a new episode each week at cupodcast.com, in iTunes, or in the Stitcher Smart Radio app. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash cupodcast. Follow us on Twitter at cupodcast. Email us at guys at cupodcast.com. Or call our listener line at 510-239-7798. Um, I mean... Um, uh, um, 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 uh, um, uh, um, Use action to defeat worry and fear. Do something to change what can be changed, and you'll no longer be afraid.